Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Villa returned to Europe after 13 years with a 5-0 demolition of Hibs. Ollie Watkins and Luca Dean stole the show with a hat-trick of goals and assists. We'll get to that in a moment. But first of all, Frankie, how are you? I am absolutely buzzing, George. Buzzing. Because you know what? The Edinburgh Fringe Festival, they have all these comedians, they have all these plays, they have whatever else, but the best performance in Edinburgh... This month, Hibs nil, Aston Villa five. That's I good. am bouncing around the walls. I am loving life. <laughs> I could, I could tell. I could tell. I mean, it was, it was a, it was a fantastic result, wasn't it, Frankie? I think to begin with, maybe there were a couple of nerves. Would you suggest out there? Hibs did start fairly strongly, but then once we got our kind of grip on the game. Things turned fairly rapidly, and uh, and it was it was kind of a routine win in the mm. end, which is quite nice to see. Well, you know, you, when you lose five one away at Newcastle on the first day of the season, the Aston Villa of all would have done this, George. You know what they'd have done? They'd have got Everton the next week, and Everton would have just sat back and been all physical, you know, like strong, uh, you know, like like a boxing match, Lennox Lewis versus Evander Holyfield, you know, that sort of a thing, smacking us around and all that, and we'd have lost one nil through a stupid header from a corner, right? And we'd yeah. have knocked at the door, knocked at the door, done nothing, and then we'd have followed it up with a game in Europe. And we just thought, well, surely we're the favourites now. Surely we can beat Rapid Vienna. Yeah. And guess what? <laughs> we didn't. Right. And that is the villa of old, the yeah. banana skin team. But yeah. now I tell you what, Professor Unai has arrived at the club. He's gone out then and he's forced everyone, all the players to pick up the trash, pick those banana skins <laughs> off the floor, throw them in the bin. Right. Um, and I tell you what, George, Aston Villa now, if teams like Everton or Hibernian try and just defend against Villa and their press isn't right, Aston Villa are now a team that can outplay you and just pass you to death. They can yeah. just find those moments of incision. I cannot believe still eight, nine months on from Professor Unai walking into our lives, bringing sunshine and blue sky, clearing away the dark clouds of Steven Gerrard. Uh, I cannot believe still to this day that this is what Aston Villa are. Bounced back from a horrendous uh, resort away from home, which I still think was slightly freakish, you know, but think about it. Man United lost 7-0 at Liverpool last season. Yeah. Newcastle lost 3-0 at Villa. They came back. They bounced back from that. And Aston Villa had to do the same. Show a winning mentality. And what did they do? Send the opposition fans uh, home in two games in a row in the 50th minute. Everton fans going home in the 50th minute at Villa Park on Sunday. And the same thing happened with Hibs today, George. What a time to be a Villa fan. It's, it's, it is incredible, really. It is incredible. I know we've talked a lot previously about, you know, when was the best time for us to support Villa as Villa fans? Was it, you know, when we were kids in 96, seeing us lift the League Cup? Was it in 2009, 2010, when Martin O'Neill was in that <laughs> Was it in 2016, when we were horribly relegated by, what was it, March or something? Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, all very debatable periods of time to be a Villa fan, but I do think genuinely that that we we are we are we have entered a very very exciting time to be a villa fan i mean obviously what we all want to see is villa lift the cup um uh it's been so long since we've done that that would be the, the that would really be the icing on the cake for this but but ultimately all the pieces are there in place it seems for that to happen i know it was against hibs i know there's a huge discrepancy in terms of 
the value of each side. I mean, I think there was a stat earlier about Villa spending about 90 million this this transfer window, Hibs spending about 1.5 million on three players. That goes to show the difference in investment clearly in, in, in the SPL compared to the Premier League. And I think you have to, you have to bear that in mind. Um, but for a lot of the players, particularly for us as a club, we aren't used to playing in Europe. We're not used to playing teams that aren't in the English football league um, in a competitive game. And, uh, and we we did that, and it was obviously a huge confidence booster going into a tournament that many of us would argue that Villa are perhaps favourites to win. I, I listened to John McGinn being interviewed after the game, uh, and he admitted that the conversations have been had between uh, the coaching staff and the players, that this is a competition they want to target and to win. And it's so interesting as a Villa fan, you know, we've always been a fan base that um, have been obviously very hopeful uh, of us competing for for uh, for cups and to compete competing at the high, higher end of the Premier League, but we've never really admitted to ourselves that that's really a, a possibility in, in many ways. We just haven't seen that success reflected back at us from from the players over the years. We've supported the club over you know as long as we've been alive, certainly Frankie. But um, but now I think we've got a we've got a bunch of incredibly talented, skillful, confident players who are managed and coached by a confident astute manager and as I said the pieces are falling into place now where we can look at this competition as one we can certainly win and and again domestically try and try and target some trophies there too I'm, I'm really as you said the Newcastle game was an anomaly um, I think to be honest most of us were thinking about Tyrone Mings after that game more so than the results I think we felt that we could bounce back Everton were perhaps the best team to play in those circumstances because they allowed us really to to win as comfortably as we did. And then we've used that confidence to go up to Hibs and um, and get a really, really strong positive performance there. So everything is star, shine and glitter, Frankie. I don't yeah. often say that. Yeah, it is. And uh, look, yes, as you say, Everton were absolutely abysmal. And I think one of the worst teams I've seen at Villa Park in a very long time. And on top of that, Hibs today, as you say, the financial disparity is enormous as the commentators kept bloody reminding us. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, look, Villa are always going to have an advantage. But at the same time, football history is full of teams underestimating uh, the opposition. Right, Villa history it? is full of, full exactly. of us and underestimating opposition. Exactly. What happened when we played Bradford in the uh, semi-final of the uh, Carabao Cup 10 years Over ago? Two legs. Over, Over two, two legs. Over two legs. What happened, George? What happened yeah. when we played Stevenage this year? The lads yeah. just weren't that up for it. They, they, the, 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 the drive, the energy wasn't there. But today... They, they turned up and they didn't underestimate Hibs. Um, and, professional. You know, professional job. And, you know, the first 15 minutes, I think you're right. I think Hibs, you know, it was like Hadrian's wall at the back of that defence, wasn't it? Six at the back. But unlucky Hadrian, Emperor Hadrian, <laughs> you loser, because we broke through that wall. We hammered away at the brick work and we got through. And uh, the, the big man to thank for that is Luca Dean with a fantastic yes. whip ball into the box, George. Absolutely. Well, I think he's certainly a, a topic of conversation, is he? Luca Dean, the future of Luca Dean. Where is it? Is it with us? Is it with Nice? Is it in Saudi Arabia? Um, mm. It's been very interesting, hasn't it? To, to see his performances, particularly the last two games, obviously against the former club Everton, where he put in a fantastic performance. Um, and then again today, a hat-trick of assists for him. And you know, a lot of Villa fans, particularly on social media now, seem to think, well, if he can do that consistently, because that's the Luca Dean that Stevie Big Bollocks, as you like to call him, Frankie, paid the money for. That's what we wanted to see from him, someone who could consistently uh, carve out chances, create assists, put in some top quality balls into the box. 
And um, and yeah, he did that time and time again uh, today. And it's interesting listening to Emery's post-match comments where he said Luca Dean is closer to staying than to going, but okay. obviously things can change. We've been heavily linked with um, Acuna from Sevilla, um, obviously World Cup winner and te- international teammate of Emmy Martinez. That seems to be that seems to hit a bit of a stumbling block in terms of Sevilla's valuation of him and how much we're, we're, we're we could be willing to pay. But you know, perhaps that's lit a fire under Luca Dina last couple of games, and he's now putting in some top quality performances. And I'll be honest, you know, Frankie, I, I was I was initially thinking. It's probably a good thing if he does go, you get him off the wage bill. You know, he hasn't been performing to the level that we all hoped he would be. But the last couple of games, you can see the quality there. There is quality there. And if we get to the end of this month and we haven't sold him, then I wouldn't be too disappointed, mm. to be honest. If he can continue that run of form, if he can be another one of those players that is improved by Unai Emery, then we will all be the better for it. Yeah, I think I still prefer Alex Moreno. I think that when he comes back, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. It'll be interesting. To see yeah. where that where that happens, how that happens. Um, but the last two games, you know, uh Dean's been able to find a lot of space. So I don't think either Everton or Hibbs were able to really close him down much. So I think when a team closes him down better, it'll be interesting to see how he performs. But look, he, he's done really well, you know, a couple of assists. Um tonight he got three assists, I think. And also working a nice partnership with Pal Torres. Pal Torres, it's been tough, obviously, to come in and replace Tyrone Mings, the talisman that is Tyrone Mings, the man who I, you know, love and respect so much. Uh, to come in and step in and do what he's done for the last two games, where you know he's looked very at ease on the ball. This is what we all know his strength is on the ball. He's such a composed, really top player. And I tell you, I think progression stats tonight, I haven't seen them, but I bet you he's top of it because the amount of times he gets that ball and he just, he'll take it forward and no one presses him, no one presses. And then he just darts past somebody who goes at him. And what I see he always does, he loves to send a little whipped ball into Moussa Diaby, right? He bypasses the midfield on the floor and he did it in preseason. He did it again against Everton and tonight against Hibbs. Now, a couple of those passes haven't quite worked out just yet. But the more him and Diaby get used to each other and those the dynamic of that pass, I think Villa going from back to front, uh, there'll be a few goals we score this season where we do that, we do it through that kind of a, you know, back to front really rapidly from Paul Torres to Musa Diaby who turns and maybe takes a shot or passes it to whoever, and then they pull it back and you know Ollie Watkins gets a goal. Um, but also, you know, the the, the one the goal that really had me standing up applauding, like a, a, you know, an Edinburgh Festival uh play of its own that I stood up at the end and gave a rousing round of applause, woke up all the neighbours who'd fallen asleep after work. It was uh, Ollie Watkins' third, his hat-trick. I thought it was a brilliant piece of play from Paul Torres, yeah. picking out that ball to Luca Dean, superb pass from Torres. And then uh, uh, Luca Dean, lovely stuff, darts forward, great ball across to uh, Ollie Watkins, who uh, gets his third to finish. And that's what you want, George. You know, Ollie Watkins, uh, he struggled a bit against Everton, you know, but... A striker who just gets that first goal of the season. Once that's yeah. out of the way, who knows what he can go on and do? And he has to aim, I think, for 20 Premier League goals this season. Mm-hmm. Who knows what else he, he can get in Europe? And so uh, I think it, this, he might be the first uh, he might be the first Villa player on their debut in Europe to get a hat-trick. I'm not sure if that's true, but he's got to be he's surely one of the first, surely one of the only Villa players ever to get a hat-trick in Europe. So um, fantastic for him. Super, super stuff. And uh, some really good goals he got tonight. And uh, hopefully he takes that into the Premier League too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, to be honest, the Conference League can act as a as a as a means to uh, sort of raise confidence. You know, a lot, a lot of the teams we will play in the Conference League, um, you know, 
I've said this before, and, and and no disservice to anyone competing in the Conference League, but 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 the investment in a lot of leagues in Europe isn't like the Premier League, and so the quality of opposition you'd expect um, won't be as as strong as as a lot of the Premier League teams. So it gives a chance for Emery to rotate and to play players to to try and build a bit of confidence um, to you know score goals if you're Ollie Watkins. Um, and yeah, for him to get a hat trick after he didn't score against Everton, I mean that's fantastic for him, and hopefully it builds him up for um, for the weekend. Um, yeah, I, I mean you know it's it, it's great for him. I think other notable mentions you have to mention Diego Carlos uh, playing at the back, um, keeping a clean sheet as well. So great to see him every game now, re- continuing his recovery from what was you know a horrible injury, um, and and he was solid, dependable, reliable. Um, and and yeah, he 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 can. I think I said this before again. He can fit the mold of a Tyro Mings in terms of his physicality, his aerial um, ability, potentially aerial threat in the box from from set pieces as well. Um, you know, he's he's one to certainly keep an eye on in terms of his development. Concert right back um, uh, played well. Uh, big, se- big season for Concert. Big season. Yeah, I think. yeah, very very big season you know it, it, to see him at right back again it's something that we've we've talked about before emery is is a is a manager who who likes to play center halves as as full backs he did it at Villarreal. he did that again against against hibs with with concert playing there so uh, again did did very well uh, took a big, bit of a hit in the first half had a huge shiner but carried on playing um so that was that was really good to see and and um, you know john McGinn, Quiet back at his old stomping ground. Yeah, he was. Uh, but um, but you know, um, maybe that was to be expected, given you know it was his first time time back at Easter Road. Um, but it, but it was just just a nice it was just a nice narrative, wasn't it? To see you know captain of Scotland, arguably Scotland's best player, not arguably he is Scotland's best player. Um, you know, back at the club that that helped mm. sort of shape him and set him on his way to where he is. So um, so I, yeah, lots of positives. And you know, yeah, John McGinn was quite. So I, 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 after being like 10 out of 10 bloody yeah. Superman against Everton, yeah. he was absolutely off the charts, fantastic, and might be, is this a controversial shout, George? Might be the most underrated player in the Premier League. There, I said it. There, I, said I, it. Think, I think he might be. I think I, he could play for anybody. There I we think go, I said it. You've said <laughs> you've lit, you've lit the blue touch paper, Frankie. Yeah. Um I I uh, I would I I would say he's up there. I certainly think if, if there are any FPL fans listening, I would seriously consider Sticking McGinn in your fantasy team because he's on corners, he's on set, he's on set pieces, he is playing in a much more advanced position now this season, and I do think he will be involved in either scoring or assisting a lot of goals for Villa this season. Um, so, uh, so yeah, one to certainly watch. Um, but he's but he's a player, you know, banging form as you say against Everton, he was absolutely mm. uh, incredible, um, and and I, I, I do expect him to reach those levels. Um, in many games this season, uh, and I think I think I think he will. Um, so, and, and I tell yeah. you, actually, tonight against Hibs, he was quiet, but there was one beautiful pass he played for Luca Dean, who then chipped it up for uh, Leon Bailey to head home at the That's back right. post. And that weight of pass from John McGinn, I'm not convinced the John McGinn of the pre Unai Emery era gets that pass right, and I'm not sure he angles it right. So yeah. the the angle and the weight on that pass was absolutely fantastic and it's very easy to underestimate something like that or just think that was a very simple thing to do no it was actually really difficult and to set just get that so perfectly on the spot for Luca Dean to then just have a you know it was a super cross from Dean but at the same time it was pretty well set up for him to to take it I think again McGinn he was quiet but he had that one moment where you're like see see most underrated player in the Premier League 
That's what I'm saying. It's, it's out there. Speaking of underrated players, particularly in the Villa shirt, um, uh, we've got to mention Leon Bailey again on the score sheet. Well, um, you know, against Everton, he got a lovely assist for McGinn uh, for the first goal that we scored, and um, I was on the score sheet again. Uh, to, to today, so two games on the on, on the bounce, he scored. Big season for Leon Bailey. Um, he needs to stay fit. There was a moment, as a pang of anxiety when I saw him slightly hobble off against Everton. I thought, oh god, here we go, not again. Mm. Um, what you know, one decent game and he's out for six months. But um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but no, he he played again uh, after a few days and um, and looked you know lively, got his goal, and um, yeah, I mean again, like a bit like Luca Dean, really, uh, sort of players that um that have flattered to deceive um, have arrived to kind of big fanfare and, and fans were expecting a lot of them and haven't really, as I say, done, done too much in a Villa shirt. But, um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, Bailey can use this as a, as a platform to, to build on, you know, particularly as, as we know, um, Wendia, who is his probably closest competition is, is out for the season. We should, we would expect. So he's got to step up now and um there were rumours that he would he would potentially leave in mm-hmm. uh, in the summer. Uh, I hope that's not the case. Again, like Dina, you know, he's put performances in over the past couple of games, and I just want to see that progression now. Lots of players have improved under Emery. Dina and Bailey, two that really kind of haven't, um, but there's still time, and I um, really I, re- I really hope that both of them do and and um, cement themselves this season. Well, the, the question mark about Bailey is always going to be the consistency. Can he, you know, I've seen him be absolutely off the charts brilliant against Manchester United in the 3-1 win last year. He got an early goal uh, in that game and then was just unplayable the whole the whole match. I've seen him do that. And against Everton, he was really, really good as well. But you know what Liam Bailey is like, George. The next game will turn up and you're just not quite sure. So that's what he's got. He's just got to somehow find that consistency. And look, I think against... Um, there were moments tonight and also but a lot of the time against Everton where him and Moussa Diaby had nice link-up play. Maybe they just naturally play well together. Maybe there's that sort of old Bayer Leverkusen connection going on there. But um, the two of them work nicely together. And maybe, who knows, maybe that could be the catalyst for uh, helping, you know, bring Bailey or bring the best out of Bailey on a more regular basis. We'll, we'll wait and see just because, quite frankly, I think he's, he's going to stay at the club now. You know, there were questions whether he might be going. But he's probably going to stay this season, and um, you know, let's let's hope that that connection with Diaby can be the thing that you know makes him a, a player who we're not there tearing our hair out, George. I don't want to be bald by the end of this podcast. I want to be, <laughs> I want to have a full head of hair still. You know? No, I know what you mean, Frankie. I, I absolutely do. I, yeah, I think um, I, I I think you're absolutely right. It's it's a big it's a big season for Bailey. I think we were we were saying actually before the season, it's a big season for. Wendia as well. Both of them were sort of quite maddening, um, maddeningly inconsistent last season. I, I think. I think what what was frustrating about Emmy's injury is that he had such a good preseason that we were all set up for him to sort of carry that form into the start of the season. Obviously, there's no guarantee, but we were all very excited. So for him to pick up the injury that he did was was really frustrating. Uh, Bailey was kind of actually sort of felt quite absent in preseason. Didn't play mm. too many games, not many minutes, and I think. A few of us did kind of resign to the fact that he could he could be moved on, but mm. obviously since Brendan's injury, he's been playing much more games and he's been contributing, and that's that's what you want to see. You want to see a player like that, you know, with the, with the money we invested in him and with the potential that he had at Leverkusen. Maybe Diaby coming in, former teammates, of course, at Leverkusen, is is helping to spur him on. Um, I hope that's the case. It certainly seems to be helping. So um, yeah, long may that continue. 
All Villa No Filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back everybody, now it is time for this. George and I are good friends, but the time might be nigh for a major fallout in this. The oh-so-spicy question. Is your, is your tongue tickling you, George? Uh, today, I'm asking you, how do you feel about Aston Villa selling Cameron Archer and Aaron Ramsey? Oh, Frankie, I feel like you've served me up a, a, a pot noodle Bombay bad boy. Oh, that wow. one. Yeah. I've taken a couple of spoonfuls and I'm reaching for the milk. <laughs> um uh, yeah i uh, i'm i'm quite, i'm t- i am torn i am torn my heart says one thing and my head says another uh, i mm. think that's quite fair to say uh, i wonder if a lot of villa fans um feel the same way obviously do get in touch with us subscribe all the rest of it um yeah um well listen <laughs> we were all we were all saying um at the start of the season or even in pre-season that we wanted Cameron Archer to hit the ground running um, in pre-season and, and, and hopefully get a couple of games already or at mm. least a few more minutes than he has done. Pre-season didn't go fantastically well for him. He did play, but obviously didn't score, won a penalty, missed a penalty. Um, and uh, and yeah, if I, I think... He absolutely would have played for us this season. He would have had minutes. You know, we we're fighting on all fronts, aren't we? Now, so he would have he would have certainly started a few games in the in the Conference League. You would have thought, and certainly you know, League Cup, FA Cup, and maybe even a couple of Premier League games if Watkins picked up an injury. But um, you know, eighteen and a half million pounds with a buyback clause inserted for a player who's played very limited minutes in the Premier League. There's no guarantee that he's going to be a success in the Premier League as good as he has been in the championship for some top clubs in the championship like Middlesbrough. Um, it's not something to be, to be sniffed at. And as I said, you know, my head says from a financial point of view, it makes sense. We obviously could have got more for him without the buyback clause inserted, but I think a lot of top teams are doing that where they insert that clause with the hope, even a, maybe an expectation that they can deliver at a top level and then we can bring them back into the fold, a better player with, with, you know, with confidence to, to, to do it for us. Um, so that makes sense. But of course, you know, my heart's saying he's a youth player, cares a lot about the Villa. You want to see youth players come through. I mean, we all love Jacob Ramsey for doing just that. He went out on loan to Doncaster, did fairly well, came back, played a few games for us was was you know didn't did enough to earn more chances and then it's turned into the player that he is you you know ideally every youth player can do that for villa but it's just not feasible it just it just doesn't make sense it can't you know you can't guarantee on your youth your your youth team to produce 11 you know premier league quality you know european quality players and the same with um with aaron ramsey as well um you know 40 million pounds for a player again hasn't played has he played any premier league football if if he has not much at all um is is again nothing to be nothing to be sniffed at so um the buyback clause is really important i think basically it turns it into a bit of a glorified loan um if it doesn't work out we've you know and they and they've flopped to use a bit of a horrible expression then We've gained eighty million pounds for a player that can't can't really cut it in the Premier League, which is which is good. It's it's good for our sort of finances. Um, but if they do do well and we can bring them back, even better. So so yeah, it's 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 it makes 
financial sense. The same thing I imagine will happen with Jaden Philogene. Already, my uh, prediction of him being a being a star for us this season looks to have fallen flat. Um, just two games into the season, I, I think, predicted you know, Cameron Archer. You did predict that's true, yeah. Um, so, but yes, yeah, so um, so he looks like he's going to Hull. Uh, Keenan Davis looks like he's going to Hull. But yeah, again, it's it's just it it's 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 not particularly sexy. It's very unromantic to say it makes financial sense, but it does. And if we can, we can. If that helps us with the financial fair play, if that helps us reinvest in players of proven quality, uh, a proven kind of European club or a proven Premier League club, then then that that will benefit us in the in the short to medium term and long term too. I'm sure. So it doesn't feel great, but I can understand the reasons behind it. As the great Christina Aguilera once said, "My head is saying no, but my heart is saying let's go." Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Uh, I think that was the lyric. Uh, it's actually yeah, kind of the other much. way around. Uh, in my, my head is saying probably yes. My heart saying no. Keep them. Um, but look, uh, I, I am good. I'm very sad. I think sad is the word. Um, gutted uh, to see, you know, because you you just love the idea of local players coming through, don't you? From the Midlands area with the academy for so long. And you, we've just been following them on loan and they've all done so well. And you're thinking like, oh, can they bring that to Villa? The financial reality of the situation, though, I, I do understand it. And as you say, George, you know, getting 18 million quid and 14 million quid for two players who haven't really ever played in the Premier League, really, um, it's pretty great stuff, um, you know. And uh, I just hope for Archer it doesn't end up being a bit of a Rian Brewster situation where he's did well, you know, Brewster did very well on loan at Swansea in the Championship. And then he went back to Liverpool, got sold to Sheffield United and has just had an absolute horror show there. So, yeah. you know, I saw Crystal Palace have been linked and I thought, I thought, oh, do you know what? I think Archer would suit how they play at Palace. Yeah. I kind of wish he'd gone there, but Sheffield United, it's going to be a tough season for them. But it's a big responsibility now for Archer for, to get goals for them. He's going to get a lot of chances to play there and they're going to be reliant on him doing stuff. So, you know, maybe he can rise to that, you know, situation and, Whatever the buyback clause is, we'll see. And if he does really well, great, we can get him back. Uh, and the same goes for Aaron Ramsey. Um, I think the thing the thing about loans compared to selling on a permanent with a buyback clause is with loans, there's, there's there there can be less incentive to play them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so you know, if a team's struggling, uh, they won't necessarily uh, play a loan player because they're they're not they're not theirs. They haven't made the investment that comes with making a permanent transfer. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sheffield United will play him if they've paid 80 million pounds for him. That's a huge amount of money for Sheffield United to spend on anyone. Um, so it's not like he's not going to get the opportunity to play. And again, that will benefit us because if he does play and he scores goals, then we've got the clause to buy him back. Mm-hmm. So again, I just, I just think it is just a sensible, as, as hard as it is to say that he's gone away permanently and equally with Aaron Ramsey, because I guess I think there's a lot of Villa fans that would like to see the two Ramsey brothers playing together. Mm. Um, again, the romance of football, I, I suppose. But um, yeah, it's, it's just it's just not realistic. Um, you, so yeah, the benefits of buyback there. Yeah, exactly. And you got to think about it. You know, in the last kind of um, you know three years, we've made 100 million off Grealish, 20 million off Chukwemeka, yeah, 14 off Ramsey, and 18 off Cameron Archer. I mean. To get that kind of money off academy players is, uh, well, pretty amazing, to be honest. It's going to fund the academy for the next forever. And, you know, to be honest, when we 
started focusing on buying youth uh, prospects, which I think was one of the most positive legacies of the Perslow era. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought it was a good idea at the time because essentially it was what Man City and Chelsea have been doing, particularly Chelsea. Chelsea have so many players who've come through their academy who've never played for them and are actually at loads of clubs around the, the country. The world. I think Mark Gay at Palace maybe is one of them. Um, you know, they've got a lot of a lot of players who they've sold for, for big money. And it's it's why they're, you know, as well as having big revenues from sponsorship and the Champions League money they've had over the last few years. But it's also why they're able to spend so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, and Man City do something very similar. You know, they have been selling loads of players for 15, 16 million to teams like Southampton over the last few years. And so for Villa to be a club that's doing that, with buyback clauses in, it is the behaviour of an elite club in truth. Yeah. And it will enable us to get in players who are ready-made because Aston Villa are aiming to win now. Yeah. And I think that if, you know, I guess Emery's watched these players up close and he's calculated that he doesn't believe that they can get him to the place he needs to be now. Um, we didn't bring Emery in to win in, to win in two, three, four years. We brought him in to win now, didn't we? And I think that's obviously the calculation they've made. It helps us with FFP and it means we can probably get in more ready-made players. I do hope, though, that they excel at Burnley and Sheffield United. I'd love to see them do well. Yeah. And who knows, maybe one day even turn it back at Villa Park. Um, of all the youth players coming through now, I honestly have no idea how who is going to be the one that you know breaks through in the same way sort of Jacob Ramsey did, or whether we're just always going to keep selling them off. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, Mari Kellyman seems to be another yeah. one that's coming in. Uh, you know, he's made quite a few appearances in preseason, so maybe he's one who, you know, if he doesn't go on loan this year, or same with Tim Robin, if he doesn't go on loan, maybe they could feature. And you know, to be honest, in that CDM role with where Robin and plays, there is actually a bit of a gap. I think, uh, you know, if Kamara got injured, you'd have Tillemans, but I don't think Tillemans or or you know Louise, I don't think it's their best position. So, yeah, I, I, so I think knows? I think if you if you if you're if you're a youth player, then the best chance you have to break into the Villa side is if there's, you know, a, a gap in like a positional gap. So you know, if if I if if we are for whatever reason lacking in fullbacks or midfielders or strikers at any one time, then obviously you can. Emery has the opportunity to dip into his youth, uh, his youth team and and, mm. and pluck someone out that he feels is worth a shot. And if they impress like Jacob Ramsey did, then they can embed themselves with the first team much quicker. Yeah. It's, it's probably unfortunate if you're a, a youth player that, play, that that plays in a position where we, you know, we're stacked full of players. That's why I think potentially when, um, when, you know, um, Ken Kessler Hayden is at Plymouth, Plymouth have started the season really well. And he's played, I think he started all their games this season, you know, right back is an area where we don't have much option mm. really. Um, if he does really well at Plymouth, uh, and Emery still hasn't signed a, a, a right back, then he could be someone that next season can be embedded into the first team. Um, so that could be one to watch. Again, he's another player, same as Fina Zaz, both at Plymouth, both getting regular games from in the Championship, both really young. Again, two players who in a year's time, maybe we could sell them for big fees as well. You know, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. The, and that's the way Villa kind of have to operate because we just cannot get this, the level of sponsorship and you know income and in the Champions League money that teams like Chelsea can. Um, so yeah. that's 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 kind of how Villa have to operate for now. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And and um, and yeah, as you say, you know, if Plymouth say, for example, uh, go for the double promotion, they have a fantastic season and go back up to the Premier League. Then not only have they put themselves on the stage of, ch- of at Championship level, whereas big Championship clubs 
can can put in bids for them. But but ultimately as well, if they've done enough to get them to the Premier League, there will be you know Plymouth will be interested in signing them, I'm sure, and other Premier League teams as well. So yeah, that uh, to spend a lot of money, a lot of Premier League money mm. on them. So so you know if you loan players to the Championship, you've got a better chance of recouping more significant money mm. as well. So it, yeah, it's, it, it works. It, pro- it probably does suck to, for a few Villa fans to see, to see players mm. like that. It moving does, on, yeah, but, but, um, but it make it, yeah, as I said, it makes sense. Okay. Thank you everybody for listening. I've been your host, George Linsky, Frankie, catch you later. Catching a bit, George, up the mighty Villa up the mighty European villa and it is goodbye from me too we will be back again soon but until then come on Super Aston Villa <laughs>